0: So no weird preamble here, Uh, episode 167 of Longbox Heroes After Dark, the first installment of uh, this movie project that we're doing for 2018, the soon-to-be-named movie... what thing did we say? What was it?
1: Uh, The soon-to-be-named movie... I forget what it is now.
0: (laughs) Something. But it's the first installment of it where... Todd and I are going to go back and forth suggesting uh, movies for us to watch. Uh, for you, the listeners, to watch and us to kind of discuss here. Just to kind of break up the monotony of these shows. Just to do something different, see how it goes. It looked like a couple people did take us up and watch this, renting it from their local libraries.
1: As they should.
0: Right. Now, uh, Todd was first... And he chose the film Bronco Billy, Mm-hmm. starring Clint Eastwood and Scatman Carruthers.
1: And Sandra Locke.
0: Okay. Is she some sort of something to Clint Eastwood? Because she seems to appear in a lot of his movies.
1: Okay. Do you want to do the whole Clint Eastwood-Sandra Locke thing first or after we review the movie?
0: Whatever you think is going to be best.
1: Okay. We're going to do it real quick. He... Okay, are you ready to find out that Clint Eastwood isn't a nice guy behind the scenes?
0: Todd. Just off mic, we were talking about people in the world of entertainment and sport not being a nice guy. <laughs> are we are we talking about that not nice of a guy?
1: Yeah, uh, no. But what had what had happened is they met up and they were they did movies. They did a bunch of movies together. They did like uh, Outlaw Josie Wales. I can't remember all the movies uh The Gauntlet This movie, she, I think the last one she did with him was Sudden Impact. And they were together for, I don't know, like a decade or so, maybe more. And the whole time, Clint Eastwood was like, you know what? Kids aren't for me. Like we're not doing this. We're not getting married, but I don't want to have kids. So he ends, she ends up like during the course of their relationship having two abortions. Oh boy. And getting her tubes tied, right? So while all of this is going on, she finds out later that he has two kids with another lady while they're going together. So, like, it all falls apart. There, there's rumors. This one allegedly, like, he moved her stuff out of the house while she was shooting a film. And so she sues for Palimony. You know, because they were together on that whole thing where it's not alimony, but you're there together long enough. She wants money.
0: Right. And it's California and their laws are different. Sure.
1: Right. So he goes, what do you say we make this palimony thing go away and we'll get you like like like," because she wanted to direct. She maybe had directed already. And Clint was at Warner Brothers and he was like we'll get you like a movie we'll do, they'll they'll do a movie for you you could direct whether she was going to write or whatever and basically Clint behind the scenes just said don't give like whatever she comes say that's not good enough so she pitched like 30 movies and they shot them all down so he takes she takes them to court and they end up winning like like settling out of court for like a huge amount of money and they're not really allowed to talk about it. But I'm guessing if they settled, if Warner Brothers and Clint settled, she could prove that there was maybe some collusion. Oh, so my goodness. That's, I figured that that's like, I mean, I when I found out all about that, all about this like years ago, it was crazy. But they made some really good movies. Oh, they made the uh, Every Which Way uh, But Loose movies, too. Those were the other ones.
0: Right. Those are some of the ape movies. All of the ape movies.
1: I believe, um, yes, they are the Clint Eastwood's um, ape period. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Orangutan.
0: So I know IMDb has a description of this film. Let me give you my description of this film. Sure. A shoe salesman from New Jersey. (laughs) A guy with a realistic fake hand. Mm -hmm. A hemophiliac. (laughs) two Italians and Scatman Carruthers all hate each other. Right. Yet somehow their love of the old West and having no money keeps them alive.
1: Right. They've
0: taken a a wealthy dourist who unexplainably fits in with them perfectly, yet also gives them a run of bad luck. Also, there's a weird B-plot and a guy doing a bad impersonation of, uh, What's his name from uh, My Three Sons? Paul Lynn. Okay. So there's your pitch for this movie. Now, mm-hmm. Todd, you said that this is the first movie that you ever saw Clint Eastwood in? Yes. And made you fall in love with this with Clint Eastwood?
1: Yes, because I was, I was a young lad, um, and I really like this movie because I, I everybody keeps talking about their terrible people. Well, I, I don't know. I just think of it as some, some people who are... Who are doing what they want to? They, they We can do whatever we want to be, be whatever we want to be, and that's what this movie's about.
0: Okay. You're gonna give me a lot of blowback on this because of your feelings about this film. Right. Um, I'm not gonna say I didn't like this movie. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like this movie.
1: Okay. Because it didn't
0: feel like a movie, and I understand times were different movies were different in the 80s in the early 80s even though we had already had in the 70s like the 70s was like a golden age of movies and so on and so forth but this felt like a tv movie outside of the normal trappings of a 1980 pg movie uh which features one use of the word shit Lots of gunplay, lots of drinking, lots of fighting, and a uh, attempted pill overdose suicide.
1: hmm
0: all, all played
1: for, for laughs, kids. by the way. What? All played for laughs, by
0: played, the way. All played for yucks. So, this felt like a made-for-TV movie, where they would take, um, where they would make a, a few episodes of a TV show, and maybe it wouldn't get picked up, but they didn't want to lose money on it. So they would just jam a bunch of episodes together and say it's a TV movie. Mm-hmm. That's what this felt like. This felt like a pitch for an ongoing series of the adventures of, uh, I keep on say Buffalo Bill from uh, Silence of the Lambs.
1: Right, and there was also a Dabney Coleman TV show called Buffalo Bill.
0: Right, see, so they're, they were causing confusion in the brand, right? Mm-hmm. But the re- it was a very uneven film. Because, like I said, it felt as though, from scene to scene, the relationship between... And I'm just gonna, It's Clint Eastwood, I'm just gonna call him Clint Eastwood, right?
1: Right, that's fine.
0: Let's not put on airs and call him by the character that he plays.
1: Yeah, no kayfabe here.
0: Right. Like, I don't know the name of any character Will Smith has played in a movie. He's always Will Smith. Clint Eastwood mm-hmm. is always Clint Eastwood.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Dead so shot. they... Him and his crew, which I joke around, which is a guy who does rope tricks... Mm-hmm. Uh, Scatman Carruthers, who is, like, the MC of this whole thing. Uh, then they have a, a Native American couple. Mm-hmm. And a guy whose gimmick is that he gets bit on the face by a snake?
1: He does the Indian snake dance, right. but he gets bit a lot. He gets so bit cl- by
0: a venomous rattlesnake multiple times, and the way that they cure it is with booze. Right, his wife who just bangs the tom-tom drum, the mm-hmm. lefty who's missing a hand who does nothing.
1: He, he, he helps.
0: Okay, oh, yeah, he helps. He helps. Right.
1: He puts up the tent.
0: <laughs> right, and Clint Eastwood who does like a gun show that is so intricate <laughs> and so involved that when they just rove town to town, <laughs> he just picks up any broad he happens upon you're working at a drive-through restaurant, i bump into you at the bank. Hey, you want to be in this show where i shoot guns and throw knives at you? And it goes as well for most of these women as you would think it would.
1: That that's why Sandra Locke is a keeper because she takes to it like a fish to water. Well, we'll get to
0: her shortly. We're not even okay. we're not even to the B plot of this movie. <laughs> Because, and that's why it felt like a TV show, because it felt like, here's this A plot, and here's this completely separate B plot that's going on, and then eventually, like, the little bit of Sandra Locke from the B plot comes into the A plot, but the B plot still keeps going until they get to the part where they need a new tent. But again, getting way ahead of myself. <laughs> and again, you chime in and cut me off whenever you want to. Alright. So, they do this traveling show to circuses or carnivals or whatever it is right? right and it seems as though not only are there carnivals and circuses everywhere they just seemingly show up whenever they want put on this elaborate show and make zero money for it
1: but they're not because there's a scene later on in the movie where clint's been squirreling away the money
0: Right, but he hasn't been paying the rest of the people, and he keeps talking about how he's saving up that money so they can all get this ranch together, right? And I
1: think that's what he's been – that's what I always took away from this movie is they are – they – he is hiding the money for them, but with the best intentions. He's going to get that ranch.
0: Right. Oh, and did I also forget multiple attempts at forcing yourself on women and at least one attempted rape?
1: Oh, that's um, that might not fly in
0: today's uh, mm-hmm. climate, but it was
1: nice. it was a different time.
0: Joel. Right. It was it. It was a different time. You can't judge and you also can't teach that.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, boy.
0: I un- actually understand that. There you go. So mm-hmm. they seemingly love each other and hate each other, depending on what the scene needs to dictate them to do.
1: Right. Well, that's exactly like any traveling group of weirdos that you might know. They might like people at the same time and then hate people at the same
0: time. Okay.
1: That's all I'm saying.
0: Um and oh, and see the whole thing of them getting the ranch if this did if this this feature film did get picked up for series, I'm sure them <laughs> getting the ranch would have been the season fina- the series finale. Oh, yes. Right. Because, and that's the thing is, like, he talks about the ranch for, like, the first half of the movie, mm-hmm. the first episode of the TV show, <laughs> and then right. when they get into the second half of the movie, the second second episode of the series, they just don't talk about the ranch anymore, okay? hmm um, They've
1: established it. You don't need to establish it anymore.
0: Right. You don't bring up the reason you're squirreling away the money and then never bring it up again. Oh, my God. So, they're going town to town... Clint Eastwood can't find the right girl. One girl he stabs in the leg. Yeah, with the gimmick, no charges are pressed. <laughs> Much like songs from the late '60s and early '70s, they just drop her off on the corner in the rain and leave town. Mm-hmm. As you would do as a drift, as a group of drifters, they're a group of <laughs> drifters essentially. Todd coming to right. town, uh, offering to do odd jobs like fixing up your house or rope tricks in this instance, <laughs> or right. get bit on the on the face by a snake. Not really sure why they're not all millionaires by this point, but again, <laughs> uh. so now we get into the B plot where Sandra Locke and not um, Paul Lind are going Mm -hmm. to get married at the courthouse. Now, it's a marriage of convenience uh, because Sandra Locke is an old maid at the age of 30 and not Paul Lind is, I don't know, some sort of dandy fop or something. It's very unclear (laughs) of where his money comes in and why he needs more money since it appears he's already independently wealthy. Mm -hmm. And I do want to point out, the one thing that I do miss is... People, specifically women, smoking cigarettes with those long cigarette holders.
1: Right, just yelling, like me.
0: Yes, that's how you know a, a dame is classy, when she has one of those that's cigarette holders.
1: A fancy lady, if you right.
0: will. Much like a fancy gentleman, I'm sure she is not after three weeks giving up her cigarette holder on eBay. That's right. <laughs> right. Again, more insider well, jokes.
1: <laughs> at least it's not as monocle. Women have long cigarette holders, men have monocles.
0: Right, so, they they have a passing meeting, Cleese would stares at this woman, and to me, being a person who has seen things happen in the world over the course of my 40 plus years, I knew exactly where the rest of the movie was going from that chance meeting, right? What? So, they're in the same town together, I don't even know what town they're in, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't. Um, She's being super ultra bitchy to not Paul <laughs> Lind and then he ends up robbing her and leaving her stranded in this flea bit motel because his radiator has the a hole the size of a potato in it. Right. Which seems as though the car would be doing more than just having a slight bit of smoke pouring out of it. Mhm. And that seems to be a much bigger job than would take a day especially in the middle of nowhere where they were in 1980 conveniences
1: nah uh, i know cars he said i'm going to get a new radiator it's easier to change a whole radiator than fix one a day I at the most a day at the most so stop overthinking it joe White stop in- overthinking the traveling wild west show with scatman crothers stop overthinking it joe
0: so uh of course sandra lock has no money she has no clothes uh, She finds clothes in the, like, office of the hotel that she puts on. She runs into Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood makes some sort of offhand remark to her. And then uh, Clint Eastwood goes to cash his check from the night before at the local bank. A big $3 mm-hmm. that they got for doing their show. This giant <laughs> elaborate setup with snake bites and bullets and plates, and upkeep on a wheel, and they're pulling in $3 a night. Okay, time And out. he's also giving away tickets free to children. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, we gotta stop. Go ahead. I'm stopping here. Okay, the ch- I don't
1: know where the check was from, but it was not from the ticket. Who, who buys tickets for a Wild West show in checks?
0: Well, I'm assuming that the people of the carnival or circus that he was having, they're like, Oh, you're Wild West. Like, he, I would assume he has some sort of agreement with this circus or carnival. He just can't show up and put his, his tent up wherever he wants, whenever he wants. I'm sure there's some sort of agreement, like, oh, I'm following the circus to town or whatever it is. But it doesn't matter where he got the check from, he had a check for $3. That's
1: right, and he wanted $2 bill with two $1 bills and four quarters. Then he changed his mind to two quarters and five dimes, which is important because Sandra Locke needed a dime later in the movie. That's all I'm saying.
0: A lot of layers to this movie.
1: Yes, it's like an onion.
0: So while he's doing this, two people come in and attempt to hold up the bank. Right now, Clint Eastwood isn't going to really do anything about this. He's just going to kind of let this play out until one of the robbers shove a small child who lands torso first on his piggy bank, which shatters all over the place, not cutting up the child <laughs> to ribbons from mm-hmm. the harsh ceramics that the piggy bank was made of. Clint right. Eastwood then reveals that he's packing heat, and he shoots these guys to kingdom come. He makes it onto the news.
1: My one of my favorite scenes when he's on the news.
0: Now I will say this: the news scene did I, the him on the news with all the people like looky lewin, and rubbernecking behind him was maybe my favorite scene of the film.
1: And they're trying to give him like the, the you know oh you you know you're a hero and he's like come on and he's Joe you know what he's doing he's, he's telling his you. shit yeah he's telling you where the show is what time the
0: show is. Listen, there's a lot in this movie that they stole from the world of sports and entertainment, and what and I I
1: when I picked this movie, I'm like, and this is the movie. This is my proof that Hulkamania is stole from Bronco Billy. That's now, all I'm. See, I was say. gonna
0: say they stole from Hulkamania with his saying your prayers, taking your vitamins, believing in yourself, and always being a Hulkamaniac that <laughs> Bronson says at the end of the movie. Spoilers <laughs> a everyone.
1: Yep. Broncomaniac. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, no. They Hulk Hogan totally just rips this off, totally. Allegedly, right? Allegedly, there's a lot of
0: similarities.
1: Is all I'm saying. There was when I going back and rewatching this movie. They both have leathery
0: skin. (laughs) They have both. They both are problematic.
1: Yes, Clint. But I think Clint does the Clint squint better. Oh, the Clint
0: squint. Yeah, because then, then, that's where they differ. Clint, you can barely see his eyes. Hogan's <laughs> eyes are like saucers. That's right. <laughs> that's how you can tell Clint Eastwood and Hulk Hogan apart. Mm-hmm. And that's really it. <laughs> yep. So, Sandra Locke is looking to call, and then this is where we get more of the B-plot, where Sandra Locke's mother and her lawyer... Stepmother. Who, stepmother. And and the lawyer, who they may be having an affair, it's a little unclear. Doesn't matter. You don't need this distinction. You know what's happening. Okay. So if Sandra Locke doesn't show up, and again, she has a name, Evangeline Lily or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird great name. Right. Antoinette Evangeline Lily's Lilly. the wasp. Antoinette Lily. There you go. I was close. Mm-hmm. Oh, is Sandra Locke still alive? Maybe she could be the wasp's mom or something.
1: Oh, that'd be fantastic.
0: Anywho. So, um, a, a story comes out that a wealthy heiress is missing, and then it goes that she's presumed dead. hmm So as long as she's presumed dead, whatever inheritance uh, Ev- Evangeline Lily was supposed to get, her stepmom is going to get instead. Right. So they end up finding not Paul-Lynn, and he's vehement that he did not kill Evangeline Lilly. But the lawyer says, listen, plead insanity, say you killed her, they'll put you in the loony bin for a couple years, and when you get out, we'll give you half a million dollars. Mm -hmm. And to not Paul-Lynn, this sounds like a great plan. It sounds like a horrible plan, but he still goes through with it.
1: Especially since he knows he didn't
0: kill her. Right. And that's the end of that chapter. The B story will never come back up again. <laughs> so, um, Evangeline Lily ends up with the traveling show. Uh, Clint is like, oh, you're going to be the new assistant after I've, like, wounded one of the other local townspeople. <laughs> they don't bring that up on the news when he stops the bank robbery, right? <laughs> That was the
1: last town. This is the next town. Oh,
0: okay, it's a different town.
1: Right, and news wasn't as, you know, worldwide back then in the 80s.
0: Right, obviously in this instance where the guy escaped and they figured it out that he murdered this woman. Again, a lot of (laughs) fake news in this film. There is. So Evangeline Lilly shows that she knows her way around a pistol because she does the the plate trick that Clint can do. Mm -hmm. And then they never follow up on that. Like, he never says, like hey, you're pretty good with a pistol, and she never says, oh, my, you know, my so-and-so taught me. Or, like, even anything like that. It's just like, oh, she's like, I could just do it as easily as you could. And then that just gets dropped and never brought up again.
1: See, I think she learned it because there was a lot of assault back in those days.
0: Okay. (laughs) So she learned how to shoot well. Right, she was being attacked by a lot of plates and dishes, apparently. (laughs) That's right. So they put her in the show, and, again, they have to follow – Clint being much like Vince McMahon in 2018. (laughs) I
1: was going
0: to say, stick to the script pronouns, pal. God damn it, pal, stick to the script. And it's not like she went like wildly off script. It's like she added like two words and like Clint was completely thrown off. He was like, blah, 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 and he throws, like, a big gasket backstage. And he's like, how dare you change my priceless script, this gold that I wrote, where you're essentially putting me over as the greatest marksman <laughs> in the history of marksman. But it's not marksman. A uh, trick shooter, whatever the hell he is. Right,
1: but that's what she says. She changes to marksman, and he loses his shit, which I totally get. This is his show. Does it say the Antoinette
0: Lilly Wild West show on the side of the fucking truck, Joe? eventually it will apparently if the show got picked up for series
1: that's right it would have been the bronco billy and by the way i just want to say i want the bronco billy car by the way well we'll get to the
0: bronco billy car shortly (laughs) okay billy and the show would be called billy and lily i would watch billy and lily (laughs) that's that'd be after it hits like the third or fourth season and they mm-hmm. start to dip in the ratings, and they have to change it from Bronco Billy to Billy and Lily because now, oh, Lily's gonna have a kid, and they add a precocious oh. child to the cast.
1: No, no. See, you're missing it. If they wouldn't add a baby because that would be too young to like interact with. Mm. They would add a kid who like join, like is running away from home,
0: or they would recast the hemophiliac uh, rope at, rope guy.
1: Oh, I love him. He's the best.
0: And again, I call him a hemophiliac because there's no payoff for it yet. But in a in a later bar fight where uh, Merle Haggard is just playing in a hotel bar in Bumblefuck Idaho, <laughs> right? At the height of Merle Haggard's power, right? Uh, they get into a fight. Or no, no, they get into a fight, and uh, the rope guy gets picked up by the cops. We're a little all over the place, but I just want to explain the hemophiliac thing. Uh, and the cops rough him up because they find out that he was a des- deserter in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And he then has the black eye for what, in the time of the movie, would be about six days.
1: <laughs>
0: right. Because it's a day there, it's another day to get him out. It's another day to get to the mental home, it's another two days for them to make the tent, and then it's another day for them to do the show. And in that six days, his eye is not healed at all. He needs to see a doctor. (laughs) And not the doctor at at the funny farm.
1: Or what about Scatman Crothers when he was uh, he was doing uh, a medicine without a license? Doc could have done it for him.
0: Right, but he was just. He, it was like, oh, you got bit by a rattlesnake? Here, drink this whiskey. You'll be fine. It's like, well, oh, you also got a punch in the face and your eye hasn't healed in a week? Here, drink this booze. I don't think do you that remember, would have worked. Do you remember
1: what the uh, solution was for Buster the Horse's arthritis?
0: Wasn't it booze? Give yes, him a snake bite booze. medicine? Yes, it was snake bite medicine. <laughs> right, snake bite medicine. Yep. Oh, boy. So, um, nobody likes Evangeline Lilly. She keeps coming and going as she pleases. Lefty thinks she's bringing bad luck because all these things keep happening to them. Um, And it's kind of like a very awkward Mm -hmm. will-they-won't-they relationship between Clint and Evangeline Lilly. Um, And, again, there's so much to her character that they don't explore, like, she's good with the gun. She could drink just as well and kind of keep up with Clint when they're at the bar. And, like, these are things to her character that we don't get because it was 1980 and she's a woman in a movie. Right. Um, she, in I, a
1: Clint Eastwood
0: movie. Oh, yet, forget so. about it. I okay. kind of respected her a little bit when she, like, earlier in the film when she was kind of, like, given, um, oh, the scene where, uh, with, and again, we're all over the place here just as things are coming back to me. When her and, uh, not Paul Lind are in the hotel together and she has the mud mask on mm-hmm. and he does like the comedic double take when looking at her face. Right. And then they lay down in the bed together and he starts to try to get frisky with her. And like, she is like, listen, uh, you understand this is a marriage of convenience. Once we're out of town, like, this is going to be what it is. You don't put your hands on me unless I give you permission to put your hands on me. And he goes, can I touch your breast? And she's like. You know, hell no. And I'm like, wow, that was, like, remarkably progressive for a movie made in 1980. Little did we know all of that (laughs) character development would be flushed down the the toilet by the third act.
1: What? No. She fell for Clint She fell for Uh, the
0: fastest gun in the West. She fell for the leathery charms of a New Jersey (laughs) shoe salesman. So they are having the show. Um, and the show is running late because of the bar fight and Mm -hmm. Billy was going to use all of his money to bribe the local sheriff. Now this was a really weird scene to me with the sheriff, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So it has been established in this film that, and I keep saying Billy and Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood, it has been established in this film that Clint Eastwood, um, is a very good shot. You know, he does the trick with the plates when he's riding on the horse, he does a bunch of shit on the horse. And then he has the gimmick where he throws the knife as the girls spin and he has the blindfold on. And I'm sure the blindfold was gimmicked anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's established that he's a good shot and that he's as has some level of talent. I'm sure there's some sort of level of bullshit in what he's doing, but he's got some level of talent, right?
1: Right, because timeout. He actually even does shoot the gun out of the guy's hand in the bank. Right. So it's that's not gimmick, you know what I mean like cuz that's not part of the show, but I get what you're saying. So like he does he is legitimately a marksman in this movie. Right, but don't call him a marksman. No, he's the fat, he's the, the best gun in the West.
0: Right, what? unless it's in this script. So he right. goes to the cop and he had like 1100 bucks, right? Saved mm-hmm. up. That he wasn't using to pay his people and the Indian couple, Native American couple or Italian people with some makeup <laughs> on. <laughs> are also pregnant. And, again, that's a scene that there's no payoff to as well, and I understand why it's in there. It's to show, like, oh, no matter how bad things are, you know, they're all family, and they're all this, and whatever it is. But Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, she's pregnant, and then we'll just never bring it up again. It was just a thing to show that they were a family. Like, they could have done it in a million different ways, whatever. Mm -hmm. So this, like, dumpy, frumpy, fat fuck of a cop who Mm -hmm. Clint Eastwood, like, meets on a dirt road somewhere... Who he's gonna pay off? Essentially, just is like, you know what, Clint Eastwood. This is what you're gonna do by being with deserters. I'm a better shot than you, and, then, 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 then. and he like he runs Clint Eastwood down, and Clint Eastwood's like, oh well, I guess I'm just a bitch to this dumpy cop in a local town, and I'm just like, that was like such a weird out of place scene, like cl- like Clint who this whole movie's had all this bluster and bravado, right? To this guy, this loser cop he like backs down from
1: right and i and i want to discuss this go ahead please okay now a couple of things because earlier on in the movie or i'm not sure whether it was earlier in the movie or later in the movie is they give the shoe salesman story and he's like i was in jail and the reason i was in jail was because my wife cheated on me and with my best friend And I took a shot at her and I went away for attempted murder. And they're like, you shot at her and not him. And he's like, he was my best friend. And I know that sounds dumb, but that's an important part in this movie is that he does have, and and we'll get to the letter that we, the email we got letter that he has this weird code. He does have a weird, he has a code that, that he seems to change, but he has a level and, Certain things take priority, and the friendships take priority, and he eats the shit. He eats the shit with the cop, because what's he supposed to do, shoot the cop and get the guy out of jail? That's not going to work. So he he takes the money, and he goes, I'm going to give up all the money, everything that we have, and I'm going to get my friend out of jail, and to do this, I have to eat the shit that the cop has given me, that he's a better... And there's even that great scene where he says that and he's like, you're a yellow belly. And Clint has that look of like the same look when when they push the kid down with the piggy bank. And he's like, "Okay, but I have to do this. And if you watch the movie later, when he's in the bar and Sandra Bullock or Sandra Locke is committing suicide with the pills, he's drinking the beer and he's like mumbling under his breath. And he's like that fucking tin plated cop. He's like he's still fuming over what he had to do with that cop to save his buddy. And I, I honestly like it, because I think there's more here. I know we're, we're, you're, you're, you're bust on the movie. I think there's a lot more here to this movie than, like, than you think sometimes.
0: Okay. That's my opinion. You, well, again, it, I, I think, you, you know, obviously you are going to think that there's a lot more deeper meaning to this. Obviously, it's one of your favorite movies. It's the movie that introduced you to Clint Eastwood. And, uh... It was your pick, and me seeing it as the first time, Mm -hmm. and, you know, obviously my feelings are going to be a little bit different on it.
1: Right. Wrong is what you mean. Wrong feelings, but go ahead.
0: So, um, while Clint Eastwood is doing all this, they have to kill time at the show. (laughs) There's a bunch of kids messing around in the stands. One of them lights a firecracker, drops it into dry hay, and then the entire uh, tent goes up in flames. They do save all the posters and everything on the outside, but now they have no place to do their Wild West show. Mm -hmm. So, Billy, uh, Clint Eastwood, is at his wits' end. He's at the end of his rope, literally. So, he's like, I know what we'll do. We'll wear, we're in town. We'll wear the outfits that we wear in our show Mm-hmm. I'll drive you guys drive the car, the Bronco Billymobile, <laughs> and we'll rob this train.
1: I love that scene though. I love no one that will
0: scene. know it was us. Right. Sandra Locke convinces them not to do it. Um I might have some of this stuff out of order.
1: No, they she doesn't convince them not to do it. Mm-hmm. They convince convince her to join and they go after the train.
0: So what happens? Why do they give up on the train? Remind me. Because because it's it's a 1980s train. Oh. It just blows right past them. Okay. You didn't watch the movie. I I obviously watched the movie. It just some spots it, it, That's some spots of the may fun. have been lost on me, the intricacies of it.
1: How many root beers did you have while watching this? None. Many I, haven't drank a, I haven't
0: I I'm I'm off root beers for a while.
1: Oh yeah, but uh So like, cause literally they go after the train and there's the great, cause the Italian guy shooting arrows at the diesel train and Clint's on the horse and they get no, like they get alongside of it for about eight seconds. And then the train is just gone down the track. It's just, like, it's just little, it's a comedy bit in the movie. That's all you gotta, that's all you gotta do. It's a, it's a campy comedy bit. That's all. So don't worry about them getting caught. You don't have to worry because it didn't work
0: out. Great movie. Not a plot hole in it. I may have been drifting in and out. Yes. Uh, yes. You're
1: like the drifters that Bronco Billy and his crew were. Right.
0: So they decide they're going to go to the local nut house, which is one of the many places where Billy puts on free shows like children's homes and things like that. And
1: orphanages.
0: Orphanages, sure. And... The people at the uh, Nuthouse also sew
1: American S- flags. Sew American
0: flags, which I guess is a tangent thing to uh, making potholders, which is the other thing that people in a Nuthouse would do.
1: This was before China got our uh, American flag uh,
0: business. Right. Uh, so they, uh, Billy gets them to make a new tent. For him and his crew, it's going to take a couple days, so they get to stay there uh, at the uh, the Nut House. And there's a weird scene with one of the orderlies, mm-hmm.
1: where he's showing them the rooms.
0: Where he's showing them the rooms, and like that character just seems so weird and out of place in this film. Mm. I don't know; I can't put my finger on it. Okay. Um. So it turns out. Uh, that the person that Sandra Locke married, not, um, not Paul Lind, is at this very nut house.
1: hmm
0: Uh, he sees Sandra Locke, and he starts saying, oh, I know her, I know her, that was my wife, they said that I killed her, and so on and so forth. So then the local news shows up. The FBI shows up. Right, everyone shows up, so he ends up getting out of the nut house. They clear his name, because she's alive. He gets
1: a big check, and that's the last we ever see of him.
0: Right. And then Evangeline Lilly ends up going back to her swanky uh apartment in the sky. Uh, again, something-something uh, uh, Ava Gabor from Green Acres.
1: Right. And Clint Eastwood bolts because, one, they have a deserter and the FBI wants to talk to everybody. Mm-hmm. So he's got to get them out of there. And, two, they said, oh, well, we're taking you back to New York to talk about this. And he's like, he made the promise to himself years ago that he would never go back to the big city as a as a lowly shoe salesman like he was. So it's all there. It's a layered movie, Joe. It's all there.
0: Right. So uh Sandra Locke is upset with her decision. Evangeline, Lily, whatever. Uh, so she decides to take a handful of pills. But she she commits suicide in the lamest way. By
1: not swallowing?
0: By just putting the pills in her mouth. And I guess hopefully eventually they would dissolve. Right, they would f- flow down the back of her throat. Right, because when the Native American woman running water calls her.
1: <laughs> right, not um, in Italian. The,
0: the pills, she wakes up and the pills just all fall out of her mouth. She spits them out because she
1: can't talk. Right. With a mouthful of pills. Joe, you know what that is? Mm -hmm. Comedy. Comedy.
0: You know, when this got picked up for series (laughs) and they put the laugh track in this, I think it would have been it worked much better. Oh my God. So
1: I don't I don't think you're getting the spirit of this movie, but go ahead.
0: Okay. So Running Water tells Evangeline Lilly that Clint Eastwood is despondent (laughs) without her. That she, that he loved her because earlier in the scene when they were at the nut house, on uh, Clint Eastwood attempted to force himself upon her and she left. He told her
1: she'd know. He told her she'd know.
0: Right. So she goes into uh, Running Water's room and Running Water and she goes, "Oh, I just hate that man so much." And Running Water says, "Oh, the Apache have a word for that feeling. Love. It's like yes, oh, great. So you're theme. supposed to love your attacker." He never, atta- anytime
1: she says no, he stops. No means no, Joe. And oh, he boy. stops. Well, at what point does he assault her? She says, he I- tries I- a bunch of times. He doesn't. He, she's, he's, he makes a move. She says, I don't want to do this. And he gets up and he leaves. He says, okay, several times, several times, So it's not assault if she says no and he stops. It's assault if she says no. And remember those two rednecks at the bar?
0: That's assault. All right. Touche. Because he had a friend helping him, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway, so she's able to charter a flight from New York to in the middle of nowhere, wherever they are. Right. She shows up. They do the show,
1: everything goes
0: off without a hitch.
1: Don't forget the American flag tent.
0: Right, their tent is made out of American flags, (laughs) because that's what they had. I guess that's the only material they had in the Mm -hmm. nuthouse. I guess the flags were already made. They were just sewing them into a tent.
1: Right, nothing's more American than a Wild West show. So
0: So then, uh, after the show, everyone comes out to take a bow, and then Billy cuts a promo, Clint Eastwood, my apologies, cuts a promo (laughs) Right, in, right into the camera to all the little Hulkamaniacs out there. <laughs> the Bronco Bronchomaniacs And tells them to eat their oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Um, do all their Spectrox, Listen to their parents. <laughs> believe in themselves. And uh, what are the other demandments of bronchomania?
1: Where I forget. Uh, go to school.
0: Go to school. Something, mm-hmm. something. And again, I'm kind of taking the piss out of this movie a little bit. Because it's a bit of a goofy movie, Todd. It's, and again, it's when, you think, when you think Clint Eastwood, like, you think the the ape movies, the orangutan movies. Dirty like, Harry. Okay, that's kind of like the low end. And then you got your Dirty Harry. You got your Spaghetti Western type stuff. And then even and the it's... more recently Gran Torino type films, right?
1: Right. Billion, Million Dollar Baby. That Right. Kind
0: of stuff. Like, that's who Clint Eastwood is. This is, to me, this is not Clint Eastwood. But I can imagine seven- or eight-year-old Todd, whatever this was, seeing this first time. Did you see this in the theaters, or was this like on no, basic I, cable or something?
1: This was probably like a network whatever, like the like Sunday night movie or whatever, you know what I mean? See, it
0: was a TV movie, I told you.
1: No, when the movie, they take the movie that was in the theaters and put it on TV for the first time. Right, so. it was a
0: TV show that didn't get picked up, so they put it in the theaters. Right. And then it did okay in the theater, so they put it on TV, which is where they wanted it right. to be in the first place. Right. With Billy and Lily, the, the further adventures of Billy and Lily.
1: You're killing me. Da,
0: da, 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 da. Like some sort of Jeez. non-something theme song or whatever. So speaking of music. Yes. Now you're getting into one of my favorite things. So another thing that you would never think of – uh, Clint Eastwood of being is a singer. And the reason for that is he's not a singer. boy, howdy, did he sure try in the late 70s and early 80s. But I think this was a time when, like, if you had any modicum of success, like Mm -hmm. the slightest bit of success, they were like, you're going to get a book, you're going to get a magazine, you're going to get a this, you're going to get a special on TV, you're going to get a song, you're going to get that, right? So he sings a song with Merle Haggard, was this one... Be- no, Beer Buddies was the other one. What was this no, one? No, wait,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. Beers for You is in any which way you can. This one was Barroom Buddies with Merle Haggard. Right, Beers Bar for You was buddy. with Ray Charles.
0: And they worked this song seamlessly into the film as well, several times.
1: Right, fantastically.
0: So, But you don't really know that...
1: It- what was that? Mm-hmm. And you don't know because... It, it, they, they run it in, when they're in the truck at one point, it's on in the background, and Clint's singing with it, so you don't realize that Clint's actually in the song. Right. And then later after, after, uh, uh, Antoinette Lilly has consensual sex with Clint Eastwood. <laughs> oh boy. She sings the song in bed. She's like, barroom buddies, we're the best kind. I, so it's a great moment, so. But there was, you know, there was also a song that was that Merle Haggard put out as a single, and it was on the Bronco Billy soundtrack.
0: Right. So in this song, for uh, the Bronco Billy soundtrack, mm-hmm. uh, it's Merle Haggard singing, and it's Clint Eastwood doing, I guess, what would be talk singing,
1: spoken word. <laughs>
0: Oh my God! And first of all, it's—I don't think they were in the same state, let alone the same room when this was recorded. What? Third of all, Clint sounds like he is there reading these lines under yeah. duress.
1: I'm a, I'm a jail kicking, pool hustling.
0: Clint, is that you? <laughs> yep.
1: But now, by the way, you want to say he has a modicum of success, so he has an album. Oh. He, this was not the first joke. As I gave you the Sandra Locke story earlier on, he was on, he sang on Rawhide in the the late 50s, early 60s. So he had a cowboy album in the 60s. Clint Eastwood sings Western hits, right? So he does that. Then people forget, and you might most likely remember, is he did a song in Paint Your Wagon. Where it was, uh, I talked to trees or something like that. So he has that, and I don't know in here like what, what the years are. Then also he does a movie called Honky Tonk Man, where he's a country and
0: western. Wait, singer. Honky Tonk Man? Yes. So he rips off the Hulkster for this movie, <laughs> and then he rips off the Honky Tonk Man blatantly. Like at least with no- Bronco Billy, he hides it a little bit, but not calling his movie Hulk Hogan. God damn it! <laughs> he just calls this movie Honky Tonk Man. No, what honky the talk hell, man, Todd?
1: Honky Tonk Man steals from him. Again, it's all WWE stealing from uh from Clint Eastwood. But so he has First that
0: Honky man stole from Elvis and then Clint Eastwood stole from him.
1: <laughs> okay, sure. Clint stole from no one. Everybody steals from Clint. So he's had all the, and then he does the song in, in any which way you can. And that's another great song, Beers to You. But I think, I think he's a worse singer in Beers to You, but the, 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 the song of, uh, Barroom Buddies is a better song. It's fantastic. And, and me and you are recreating Barroom Buddies at some point. We are re-sing, we are recovering that song. I'm doing the Clint parts, of course. You're doing the Merle Haggard parts.
0: Oh, okay, of course.
1: Mm-hmm. So, but yes, he has multiple uh, where he sings, and then later on, he he does. He, I think, he wrote the song for songs for play Misty for me. Obviously, there was real jazz songs in it, and then he has Oscar nominations for writing tunes for his directing movies like Later. So he's a musician, but I'll give you, he, I think of all the things that he does, great acting, great, you know, directing, he writes great music. I think singing might be the, the low, the low rung on his ladder, Joe, but not by much, not by much. It's like just a, a smidge. I will, I, I will never say Clint Eastwood doesn't anything bad, Joe. I will, ne- I'm full, I'm full on board for him, man.
0: All right, so I don't know if you can
1: hear me smiling into my. And also, I don't know why Sandra locke got a ras a Golden Raspberry Award for her acting. I don't know in this film Ridic- specifically. Yes, in Honky Tonk Man. Oh, uh, in Honky in, Tonk uh, Man, not no, in Bronco uh, Billy. Bronco in, Billy in Bron- here. In Bronco Billy here, he she gets a a, a Golden Raspberry nomination. Nomination. which oh, Razz- did not win? Did she? No, she didn't win because that would have been. Cro- oh, I I would have went down to, to the Razzies uh, headquarters and had that stricken from the record books. Oh boy. But so
0: when anyway. do you want to get some?
1: When do you want to get some studio time to do a uh, Bronco uh, Billy uh, barroom buddy song?
0: Uh, soon.
1: Soon. All right, we'll set that up. We'll set that up.
0: Alright, so, overall, again, I'm I'm taking a little bit of the piss out of this, right? Uh, but it was a fun time. Uh, I think we had a good time discussing this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a film I would recommend to anyone else to watch. I would. I um, would. But again, I had some fun with it. I, again, I still think, and I will take this to my grave, that this was a TV show that they filmed two episodes of. It didn't get picked up, so they just made it into a movie.
1: Okay. First of all, the movie had charm and heart, and it was a great movie, and it was the best time Clint Eastwood ever had making a movie. He said that in interviews. So how could this be? There, There is nothing bad about this movie, and I was really waiting for this whole show for me to sit back and you just extol me with the virtues of Bronco Billy, and you – and. It didn't happen. I'm so sad, Joe. So sad. I'm just gonna have to go listen to Barroom Buddies over and over. There again. you go.
0: Soak your, soak your uh, tears in that. Mm-hmm. All right. So thanks, everyone. Any any closing thoughts that you would like to to say to me? I, I like I said, it, not a terrible movie. Uh, I don't know. I I give it like three stars out of five.
1: I give it six and a half stars.
0: Oh, was this filmed in uh Osaka Japan or Yes it was. Oh, yes it okay. was Yep. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Completely understandable. Well listen, you have a bias because Clint would always stooges off as Hollywood information to you. So of course you're gonna like his movies better.
1: Why do you think I didn't report the Sandra Bull Bo- uh, the Sandra Locke story about, you know? her case and him blacklisting her from Warner Brothers. That's right. Because
0: he stooges everything off to me. Right. You and Clint are fast pals.
1: That's right. Oh boy. We're barroom
0: buddies. We're barroom buddies. <laughs> All right. So everyone, thank you for listening to uh episode 167, the soon to be named movie project Roman numeral 1. I don't know. This this will name will get changed who the hell knows. I don't know. Right. All right, so we'll be back to a normal After Dark next week, and then a month from now, it's my pick. Oh, boy. It's my pick, damn it.
1: Is it going to be a Clint Eastwood movie?
0: (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) Okay. Um, But anyway, thank you very much for listening, everyone. We'll catch you all here next week.